In this episode, I talk about Norm MacDonald, a little bit about the Beatles, I talk about The Good Place, and then music from And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead, Metric, Neil Young and Crazy Horse, and Guided by Voices. Again, as always, I'm your host, Eric Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hello, checkmates. I don't know why I said it that way. It's your old Uncle Derek coming to you here in what has been a very strange week in St. Louis, Missouri. We made the national news this week for our significant rain downpour that flooded a lot of the uh, suburb that I live in. Uh, Actually, I'm fine. My house had no problems. Uh, a little bit of tree stuff down in the yard, but, you know, no, nothing serious. Basement didn't flood or anything like that. The uh, Walgreens and grocery store that I go to regularly both uh, flooded. There's pictures of the Walgreens that I go to regularly that has uh, a car on the parking lot with water just, like, up, like, I think about halfway through the windows. And, uh, that happened. Uh, yeah, we flooded. You probably saw us on whatever news program you watch if you're in the states uh national news st louis flooded uh better that than some of the other stuff that we tend to make the news for but uh still sad for people who have lost stuff and uh, there are people who are displaced from this uh no one that i know directly but there are and uh uh yeah been kind of a weird week to be a st louisan uh which i guess is what you call us Never thought about it, really, before. St. Louisan? Sure. Let's go with that. Uh, yeah. And, like, uh, our amphitheater, Riverport, or whatever it's called. Was it Hollywood Casino Amphitheater now, I think? Uh, that, there's pictures of that just outright flooded. So, just weird, man. Just a weird time. Uh, I want to say up front, uh, pardon me if uh, my voice sounds raspy, or if you hear my voice getting worse throughout the podcast. I uh, injured my vocal cords this week, uh, I, in the dumbest way possible. I was drinking water, I went down the wrong pipe, I choked, I had a coughing fit, and my throat is messed up now. It's, it's better than it was. A couple days ago I couldn't record the show, but uh, it's better than it was. But uh, yeah, sorry if that comes through as we're doing this. Uh, I had a lot of stuff going on in my last couple of weeks, man. You can check out, uh, if you are if you subscribe to the show on a podcast app of your choice, a lot of people are on Spotify, but what have you. Uh, if you subscribe to it, one of those places, you might uh, have noticed that I've uploaded a couple of things in between episodes, just quick kind of things from my phone, just the sort of run and gun, talking out of my pocket type things, just telling you why the show's been delayed, so those might be worth your time if you're if you haven't heard them. Uh, they're on podcast apps. I should really start putting those things on the blog, but I never remember. But, uh, in a brief summary, uh, last week I almost cut the fingerprint off one of my fingers by accident, uh, not on purpose. Uh, a bowl fell. That's it. A bowl fell out of one of my cabinets, and by the time I realized that the sound I was hearing was a bowl falling, it had shattered on something, and just on its way down, cut open one of my fingers really badly. Just a lot of blood that I couldn't stop. And, you know, I, I won't describe it any more thoroughly than that for those of you who are squeamish. But uh, my first priority was wrapping the wound. My second priority was getting the cats out of the room so that they didn't get cut on the glass that was on the floor. Uh, my third priority then became getting to an urgent care uh, to get stitched up. And uh, my dad helped me out with that. He, I called him and said, I'm worried i'm i need to see a doctor and if uh if a derek says that he needs to see a doctor he needs to see a doctor because uh i do not do that pardon the sounds you're hearing in the background my cats see me doing a show and have decided to be disruptive now uh <laughs> they're sweet little boys who want their dad's attention 
Uh, but anyway, speaking of dads, my dad came over and drove me to an urgent care, and they were all very helpful and pleasant and stitched me up, and I uh, got the stitches out this week, and uh, the finger is basically usable. I'm keeping it wrapped because there's some ugliness still happening there. Uh, nothing bad, nothing to worry about, just normal healing stuff, but it's gross to look at, so I'm keeping a band-aid over it so that I don't have to think about it, but it's basically usable, it's just, uh, you know, gonna have a scar, basically. So, uh, that's been a lot of my week. Oh, the day after I almost lost a fingerprint, uh, my car wouldn't start. More car problems for your old Uncle Derek. That's fun. Uh, this time it turned out the excessive heat that we've had in St. Louis just killed the battery. Apparently that's a thing. I knew cold could kill a battery. I didn't know heat could. Uh, but apparently it can, and it did. So, yeah, just kind of had a frustrating time of it here lately. Um, I don't know. Also, COVID's on the rise. And I'm worried about that, because I'm, I'm supposed to go to a uh, festival thing this weekend. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, my brother and I, back in May, when COVID numbers were looking good, got, uh, uh, well, they were looking better. We got tickets to the Open Highway Fest here in St. Louis, and uh, we were, you know, I, I, I've been careful for a long time, but numbers looked to be at a level that I was comfortable doing it. And uh, then numbers had a massive upsweep, and it seems like everybody I know is uh, <laughs> uh, posting that they got COVID, most of whom from right after they came uh, home from a vacation or sporting event or concert. So uh, I'm going to go to a three-day festival, and uh, so basically expect the next upload that you get from me to be me telling you that I've got COVID, and uh, it's my own fault. Like, that's, that's going to be the next thing that I upload. That's, it just, that's, that's inevitable. That's going to happen. Although I did get a COVID booster, finally. I've been uh, meaning to and putting it off and things, but I got a booster, so maybe, maybe that'll be in my favor. I also got a tetanus shot when I cut the finger, and apparently that greatly reduces your COVID symptoms in some studies, so maybe it'll be okay. The thing I'm most worried about is, like, I don't want to have COVID, but I really don't want to pass it on to my cats, because I found out you can do that now, and these are the sweetest little boys in the world, and I don't want them to ever be sick. No, I don't, boys. Mr. Jonko's sitting on the table behind me just looking at me. Uh, McGuire fucked off. I don't know where the hell he is, but, uh, they're the sweetest boys in the world, and I don't want to get COVID and pass it on to my cats. I don't want anything bad to happen to my cats, ever. So... You know, that's a concern. I was going to have to leave him alone for a long time on one of those days, but... Anyway, so that's uh, that's kind of what's been happening in Uncle Derek land. Uh, hey, I've been told that I need to hit the promo stuff for the show within the first ten minutes, and for some reason that's good on the metrics for the show. Uh, so the show has a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. We are available on just about every streaming podcast app that you can imagine, I think, unless any of them changed their rules. If you want to know more about me, go over to derekbrink.com. If you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all available for absolutely free at uh, derekbrink.bandcamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and I won't know that you took it. I don't collect your email address. I would just love it if you loved it. And if you want to talk to me about anything on the show, don't leave a comment on a podcast app. I don't visit podcast apps. Leave a comment, or email a comment, I should say, to db, those are my initials, Derek Brink, db at derekbrink.com. I reply to everybody that isn't a jerk. Sometimes I reply to the jerks because that's fun. Uh, but I, I normally just reply to the people who aren't jerks. I will sometimes even read it on the show if I think it's an interesting enough topic or it, it applies in some way. So that's all the promo stuff. I got that in before the 10-minute mark. We should be good now according to the thing that I read. So uh, we got a show for you. I'm glad to be back with you. Thank you so much for your patience and waiting for me, assuming that any of you were actually wondering about the show and, and worried about it and waiting and stuff. I almost fell off my stool just now.
I have to talk about something. I don't even know if I want to talk about it, but I have to talk about something. Those of you who are longtime listeners of the show know that I'm a big fan of pro wrestling. Those of you who are a longtime fan of the show also know that I stopped talking about pro wrestling on the show because the metrics that I was looking at told me that people were skipping that part of the show. So uh, you, you don't want to hear about that, and I understand. For the handful of you that occasionally email me asking for my wrestling thoughts that I email back and forth with, hey, first of all, I love that. Let's keep having those conversations. But this segment is for you. For those of you who aren't into that, I'm going to keep this as brief as I can, and you might be interested anyway, actually. For those who are completely out of the loop on this thing, uh, Vince McMahon, owner of the WWE, has retired. He's stepped down from his position as the uh, chairman and head of creative and head of whatever else in WWE. Uh, that's That would be big news enough on its own, but uh, the apparent reason for him stepping down is unpleasant. Uh, now, I should say the word alleged a lot. The alleged reason, the alleged stuff that people are saying he did, etc., 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 if nothing else, then for legal purposes, alleged, alleged, alleged. Uh, I have my own personal thoughts and personal opinions on that that I won't commit to uh, the ether here. But uh, I think b based on the stuff that I say at the end of every episode, you probably know where my heart is on the things that are being said, the allegations that are being presented about Vince McMahon. Uh, but I do want to use the word alleged because sometimes stuff doesn't shake out quite the way that it looked like it was going to. Vince McMahon essentially has been accused of using up to and possibly more because they're just the number keeps changing and rising uh, up to $14.6 million. Uh, Vince McMahon has been accused of using to... Essentially, essentially using it as hush money and paying off women with whom he was romantically active, uh, or a facsimile thereof, uh, paying them to sign non-disclosure agreements. He's, uh, he's gotten into relationships and into sexual encounters with women, and at the end of those relationships has paid them not to say anything about it. We don't know why exactly. We don't know the names. Uh, thank God we don't know the names. Victims should have their privacy. Uh, or alleged victims, I suppose I should say. Uh, we don't know what he was paying them not to talk about. We don't know what he talked about, etc., etc. What he's being uh, held... What his feet are being held to the flame on is that it's a publicly traded company and it appears that he may have used money from the company to pay off these, uh, these non-disclosure situations, and uh, that is not good from a company standpoint in a publicly traded company. Uh, I believe the latest update is he's also being investigated by federal prosecutors and the SEC related to that. Um, the simple illegality of using your company's money to pay for your private exploits is one thing. The morality is another thing. Um, again, I have my opinion on that that I don't want to get too deep into, although probably just from what I've said so far, you basically know what it is. At the same time, Vince McMahon has stepped down from the WWE. It is now in the hands of uh, co-CEOs, his daughter Stephanie McMahon and uh, Nick Khan, who is a, uh, he's been a business executive for a very long time, a fairly successful one. He's been working with WWE for a few years now. He's been kind of a right-hand man to Vince for a few years now. Uh, they're the co-CEOs. Uh, the head of creative and talent relations is now former wrestler Triple H, who is married to Stephanie McMahon, for those who don't know. Uh, it's a new generation running the WWE. At the same time that if Vince is guilty of what he has been very credibly accused, that is... I'll go on record. I'll say it. I'll say it. That is reprehensible. And I... 
believe that the courts will find out the truth and that he should be held accountable if he's guilty of those things. Um, that said, for the past 42 years of my life, I have been a pro wrestling fan which means I have had a lot of exposure to and gotten much enjoyment from the WWE or WWF when I was a little bit younger. It's unavoidable. If you're a pro wrestling fan, you're going to end up watching some WWE, WWF stuff now and again. Uh, I was always a WCW fan or Jim Crockett promotion fan before that, and that, that was where my heart was, but there became a time where WWE was all you could get. So I've been a fan of that for a long time, and I was a fan of that on and off even before uh, WCW folded. But that's all in the weeds. The point is, for the past four decades, of the five that Vince has been running the show over there, think about that for a minute, I've been entertained by the product that Vince McMahon has put on TV, up to and including some things that he was responsible for getting on the air this week. So, whereas when he announced his retirement, I very much felt, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense, that is what he needs to do, that's in some ways the right thing to do, it's at least the smart thing to do for the company, given the situation. I wonder a little bit if, a, if the board sent him an ultimatum of, or so, of some kind or something, but uh, as much as I felt all that and felt a little bit of Good, you know, that's good, that needed to happen, as much as I felt that. I also got a little sad, because I, I don't know if it's a separate the art from the artist thing or what it is, but just for 42 years, I've watched that guy helm the show, you know? And I don't know, change is always slightly bittersweet and slightly sentimental, even when it's absolutely needed, you know? So, I guess I'm recording this just because I want to acknowledge that, and I just needed to say that, that I get it, and it's right that he's no longer in power there, and it probably needs to stay that way. But I also got a little bit sad. Not, not least because this didn't have to happen. He didn't have to behave like that. You know? He knows better. He's a big boy. He's 77 years old. I don't know. I got a little bit sad, but I also completely understood, and it just felt like that needed to be said on my show, where I talk about social issues every now and again, but where I also have talked about wrestling historically and somewhat frequently. And This is the biggest news in the wrestling world, possibly in my lifetime, and it just seemed weird not to mention it. So there, I mentioned it. I gave you my two cents. Uh, it's a sad situation. It's an ugly situation. It's a situation that is probably a little bit overdue. But uh, it's a situation we're in. I watched Monday Night Raw this week, and I had a really good time. Uh, I'm, I've heard conflicting reports that Triple H's hands were all over it, but also it was a script that Vince wrote you know, before he retired and... I don't know what's true. All I know is I, I watched the show and I had a good time. I had a really good time. And the people that I was in a chat thread with also had a really good time. Some of them for the first time in a while. And, uh, I don't know. That means something, too. I absolutely am not going to close out this part of the show by saying thank you, Vince McMahon. I am not going to do that. But also... Thank you, WWE. You've made my life a little bit more fun for the past 42 years, and you're going to keep doing it. And that's nice. So, uh, there. That's where we are. We'll move on to something that I'm a little bit less conflicted about right about now.
Let's talk about some recent viewing. How about that? I've been watching stuff. Uh, some of it for the first time, some of it re-watching. Uh, but l let's talk about it. Uh, I got a few things worth talking about here. One of them kind of came as a surprise, sort of out of nowhere, and just I was very happy that it did, and I had a good time watching it. And that is the final uh, comedy special from Norm MacDonald, who I've done, I've talked about on this show and talked about how much I loved Norm as a comedian. Norm passed away uh, fairly recently. I don't remember exactly when. It's been a heck of a year so far, but... Uh, Norm passed away fairly recently after a very lengthy and very undisclosed battle with cancer. And uh, he was one of the great comedians, one of my favorite comedians. A lot of my own delivery is because of being a Norm MacDonald fan. And when it came to light that he had recorded one last special alone in his house during like the COVID lockdown, just in front of his computer, just for Netflix, just put out all of his jokes that he had still sitting around that he would have done in a, in front of an audience, but he did it in front of a computer monitor instead. Uh, when that news came out, I was very excited and I watched it and I had a good time watching it. I don't have a lot to say about it other than uh, it's it, it was interesting in that uh, they also included in the special, they included several of his friends uh, in just sort of a panel discussion talking about Norm and talking about watching, you know, the special. They sort of filmed them watching it, like David Letterman was there and Conan O'Brien and uh, 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 Dave Chappelle was also there and Adam Sandler and David Spade and Molly Shannon. Uh, and I think... I think that was it. I mean, noticeably absent was Bob Saget. I assume that by the time this was filmed, Saget had passed as well. Um, which is which is its own sad kind of timeline. But just they just had some of his friends sitting around and talking about the special and talking about what impact it had on them watching it and talking about Norm in general. And, like, that was as interesting as anything Norm said. But Norm right up to the end, was funny as hell, and just, I, I, I the jokes that he tells in it aren't going to be for everybody, they're going to offend some people, they're, some of them by design, and that's just how it is, but uh, if you're a Norm MacDonald fan, you kind of need to watch it, because it's, he, he just kind of left you with one last gift, you know, with one last set of laughs, and, uh, I enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed the panel discussion as well. I wish the panel discussion had gone on for another hour and had included a couple other people, but um, and maybe excluded one or two, to be honest with you. But it, uh, it was just it was a very fun watch, a very funny watch, and in some ways, in hindsight, a very moving one, even though he absolutely didn't intend it to be, and that was not, you know, that was not part of it, like, he he didn't add any emotion to it, he didn't cop, cop to having cancer or anything like that, he just, he just delivered a funny special, but knowing that that was it made it emotional as a viewer, you know, but, yeah, Norm's last special, uh, is on Netflix right now, as of when I'm recording this, anyway, uh, and what was the name of it here, hang on, let me pull it up on my phone, uh, was it, uh, it's called Nothing Special, Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special, and uh, just worth your time if you've ever been a fan of his. I just wanted to want to say that. Uh, other stuff that I've been watching, I got my hands on the Blu-ray release of the Beatles Get Back documentary. Uh, that finally came out. It was uh, scheduled for earlier in the year, but they delayed it for a while. Presumably, Disney Plus was just getting still getting new subscriptions over it, but they uh, they finally put it out on Blu-ray, and I was very excited to add that to my shelf. And uh, I got it, and I've been rewatching it with the cats. The cats are in the house now, so they're watching it with me. And uh, uh, Mr. McGuire is responding positively to it. He keeps sitting on my lap and just watching Paul McCartney do stuff. Uh, something you might not know that's kind of dumb is that uh, uh, McGuire was almost named Paul McCartney. That was almost his name. Uh, and then I just went a more personal route because I knew I wanted to name the other guy John Coe. Uh, I think if I hadn't named him John Coe, his name would have been Sir Catrick Stewart. I, I paused for laughter there. Uh, it's a great cat name. Uh, both of those names are available if you want them. Uh, I'm not going to have a new cat for a while, so they're, you, know, you can use them. Give me credit, uh, but, you know, if you use them. But, like, there they are. 
good good cat names. Uh, if you need them. You might not need them. Maybe you're a dog person. Maybe you got a hamster. I don't know your life, but I... Come on. Just... Come on. Uh... Yeah, anyway. Uh, 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 McGuire was almost named Paul, Paul McCatney. And he's been just sitting in my lap watching Get Back With Me, having fun watching his would-be namesake do cool stuff. And that's that's been fun for me. I've been enjoying that. Uh, there's a whole episode of me just yelling at you about the Get Back documentary and how much I loved it in the archives somewhere. You can find all that over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. I won't bore you with it again, but suffice to say, I love it. It's a welcome addition to my collection of Beatles stuff. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. I bought it, and I wanted to mention it. It's out there on Blu-ray for those of you who are collectors of the physical product, like myself. The packaging is beautiful and wonderful, and uh, you should you should check that out if, you, if you're if uh, you of a mind to do so. The other thing that I want to talk about that I've gotten into here lately in the past uh, month, give or take, is the show The Good Place. Uh, it is a show that I have overlooked for a very long time. It's no longer airing new episodes. It wrapped up in, I think, 2020. And uh, I, uh, I, I, I've avoided it for a couple of reasons. One, I wasn't sure it was my cup of tea. Uh, but two, uh, the, uh, like, the only thing I knew about it going in, and I guess I wasn't really avoiding it because of this, but it wasn't, like, an impetus to watch it. Like, the thing that I knew about it going in was there's a buffoonish character named Derek, and uh, people kept memeing him at me. Uh, and, uh, you know, that... Don't do that to people. Uh, don't, uh, <laughs> especially those of us who don't have a name that you necessarily hear every day. Uh, my name isn't that weird. Like, people meet a Derek and go, oh, yeah, okay, I've heard the name Derek. You know, I, I, I knew a Derek before. You know, it's not like a weird name, but it's a name that you can go a couple of days without hearing, probably, unless you're related to one or married to one or what have you. But, uh, uh, yeah, if you stumble upon a name that isn't in your everyday life and, like, there's a character with that name... Don't start memeing that character at your friend that has that name because that uh, they know the the nature of their name and they know the nature of their personality and if you're memeing a character at them who is noticeably kind of weird looking uh, no offense to the actor that plays the guy but like he's clearly got an over the top like sort of makeup thing going on and like big frizzy hair and that that I'm not sure that he has in real life but like he's clearly uh looking intentionally overexcited and stuff like that uh but like when the character is clearly that and clearly buffoonish and clearly you know the comic relief don't meme that at your friend and be like that's you uh, I got I've got a lot of sides to me and yeah sure buffoonish is one of them but I I don't want to like you don't you don't have to remind me of that and then I watched the show and like one of the things about that character is he was created out of nothing essentially and uh has a wind chime whereas ding dong should be uh, I I don't I, I don't need that guy to remind you of me I don't, I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that you hear that name on that character and you think, oh, I know a Derek. I'm going to meme that guy at him. I, I, don't, I don't need that. And nobody does with other characters. Um, so don't do that. Some of you were hurtful when you didn't mean to be, it turns out, in hindsight. But I watched the show because a, a good friend of mine, uh, who I like a lot, recommended it recently. And I thought, okay, fine, I'll give it a shot because they seem to know what they're talking about most of the time. And it's weird how much stuff we have in common as far as tastes on shows and things. So I watched it and uh, just fell in love with it, including the Derek character, even though he's buffoonish. Uh, fell in love with the whole thing, and I kind of get why people want to meme him at me. I still don't, but I get I get it. Uh, and I've taken Kristen Bell for granted, and I'll tell you this, I've also taken Ted Danson for granted. Because Ted Danson, uh, to me and so many of you listening, in my head he is always Sam Malone. No matter what he's playing, he's Sam Malone from Cheers. I grew up with Cheers. Cheers is one of the best shows that's ever aired, despite being slightly problematic now. 
uh, Ted Danson when I see him, I go, oh, it's Sam. That's Sam. He's, I look at him doing Sam things. That guy's, they look at Sam doing things that Sam wouldn't normally do on Cheers. He's doing other stuff. He's Sam Malone. Uh, that is a gigantic discredit to Ted Danson, even though I'm sure he doesn't mind people loving him from that. I'm sure he loves th that people love him from whatever they know him from, but, uh, you know, maybe Becker, maybe somebody's a fan of that horse racing movie he did with Howie Mandel in the early 90s. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of, but it exists, and someone's gonna Google it and email it to me at db.derekrink.com. Uh, yeah, uh, Ted Danson really showed off a bunch of different sides of himself in The Good Place that I appreciated a lot. Um, I just, I, I was floored by like, oh, wow, he's really good, and that is not Sam Malone, even though within the show there's even a couple of nods to Sam. At one point he serves bar and stuff. Uh, but it, it just, I, I was genuinely stunned and just realized, wow, it is... Calling Ted Danson Sam Malone is a discredit to his talent and abilities, and it makes me want to go back and watch other Ted Danson projects that I kind of passed on, uh, whether intentionally or not. I mean, I, I've never had anything against Ted Danson. I think he's very good at what he does. I just had the wrong impression of what he does, and it makes me want to go back and watch a bunch of his stuff just to kind of see all the other shades that he can provide, because he provided so many in The Good Place. I was just floored by how good Ted Danson is. And Kristen Bell. I didn't know that much about Kristen Bell. I knew who she was, but I didn't know that much about her, and I was really impressed with her throughout the run of the show, and discovered several new cast members that I, I need to learn more about as well. Uh, and just, i just really impressed with the whole show. If you don't know what it's about, mild spoilers going into this. Uh, spoilers that Actually, one big spoiler, but it's at the end at the end of season one, and there were four seasons, so, you know, whatever. If you haven't watched it, maybe look at the uh, blog or the time index on whatever app you're listening to this on and skip ahead if you care. But uh, the show is about uh, someone who gets into heaven, uh, or the, the good place instead of the bad place. She, Kristen Bell, gets into heaven. But it turns out that she isn't supposed to be there, and she's trying to stay there anyway, because who wants to go to hell? And uh, at the end of the uh, of season one, it's revealed that she and her closest friends are all actually in hell. Uh, and Ted Danson is a demon instead of an angel. So that's uh, that's kind of the plot of the show, and the rest of the show is them kind of dealing with that and figuring out all of that stuff. It's a comedy, uh, <laughs> and really, really funny, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and it spoke to me on a spiritual level and also on a personal level and on a comedic level big time, and uh, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. I can't believe I slept on that show. I can't believe I skipped it, and I can't believe that I... Because there's a character who shows up roughly like five times named Derek in it that I didn't appreciate being memed at me. I, I can't believe I, I just didn't give this show a chance for so long. I'm so grateful that one more person talked to me about it and convinced me because they are a nice person that I like. You know, and that's really all it takes to get me to do something is, oh, that that's a nice person that I like and they said I should be into this. I'm going to give it a chance, you know. That's that's all it takes with with a Derek with this kind of Derek, not necessarily Derek on the show. The Derek on the show would be into whatever you ask him to do, just because you asked him to do something. Uh, me, I've got to like you. <laughs> so uh, that's that's sort of how I ended up watching The Good Place, and I had a really good time with it. And uh, that's that's the stuff I've watched recently. I hope maybe you'll check some of it out if you haven't already. Music, music. We've got new music to talk about. I think everything in my little pile of CDs here is a new release from this year, and uh, I'm going to bring you up to date, kind of on some of the stuff that I've been buying and listening to. We've got some interesting music that's come through. 
To start with, there's another goddamn Guided by Voices record again. They keep doing that. Bob Pollard thinks he's the only band and uh, released a new album this year already. It seems like I just got done listening to Crystal Nun's Cathedral and now Guided by Voices, Tremblers and Goggles by Rank is out. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. What the hell do any of the words Bob Pollard says means? I don't know. I've never done enough drugs to know, but I like the band a lot. They're really good. It's good rock and roll music, and that's my review of the album pretty much in total. It's a little bit more upbeat than Crystal Nun's Cathedral. Crystal Nun's Cathedral seemed to reflect some of the downside of this particular lineup of Guided by Voices. Tremblers and Goggles by Rank might be one of the better releases by this uh, particular lineup, and one of the more energetic and uh, fun ones. At the same time, not as fun as like Isolation Drills and, and Do the Collapse in that era when Bob was trying to get on radio, but still a really good lo-fi rock record, the new album by Guided by Voices. Uh, they release albums on such a frequency that I haven't absorbed it to say much more than that. I haven't absorbed it enough to say much more than that. But uh, I enjoyed the listen, and maybe I'm going to listen to it some more, and some of those songs will end up stuck in my head a little bit. Right now, I just enjoyed listening to a good rock record. That's the new GBV. There, that's out of the way. Tune in next week for another new goddamn Guided by Voices record. Probably. It's hard to say. They keep coming out, and I keep buying them, because I'm, I'm in now, and it's, it's getting hard to keep up, man. Bob, take like a year off and come back with one really fucking great one. Just give us... Give us some space, man. You're a little clingy. It's a new Neil Young record out, too. Actually, kind of an old Neil Young record. It's an album that was recorded in 2001, but never released. I think 2001. I think I'm right about that, but right in that era. I believe it was uh, round about the same time as the Prairie Wind album. I think it would have followed Prairie Wind and been like between that and Living With War. And that's kind of what it sounds like. The new Neil Young and Crazy Horse record is called Toast. And uh, several of the songs are have never been released before. Some of them have on other Neil projects. He's like that. Uh, but Toast, new Neil Young record. It uh, sounds like a Neil Young record. Uh, I will tell you, though, that the time period in which Toast was recorded is actually one of my favorite eras of Neil Young. Uh, Prairie Wind is one of my favorite Neil Young records. I've got a lot of favorite Neil Young records, though, so that's kind of a big statement. Uh, but Prairie Wind is one that I keep going back to, and this would have been roughly that same era when he recorded it. It just didn't come out at the time. Neil is like that. He's like Prince in that way. He just shelves stuff for a long time and eventually releases it as part of the Neil Young archives thing that he's been doing for the past several years. Uh, Toast. Very much sounds like a marriage between Prairie Wind and Living With War. It's right in that pocket, right in that area. Because uh, Prairie Wind was very acoustic-y, and Living With War was very kind of Neil Young, grungy, electric. And this is kind of, you hear the electric coming in on this record. It, it's a really interesting look at one of my favorite periods of his career, where you can see him shifting out of the acoustic thing into the electric thing. And that's just kind of fun and interesting. And uh, good quality songs. Good, you know, a couple of them really catchy. Uh, I need to spend a little bit more time with it, as I do pretty much everything that I'm talking about this week. But I, I, I've i really loved hearing it. I'm a massive Neil Young fan, as you all know, if you've spent any time with me at all. And uh, <laughs> Toast is certainly welcome to sit on my shelf with the rest of the Neil Young collection, of which there is quite a bit. Uh, really great release, really strong one. I don't know if it's technically eligible for my top 10 this year because it was recorded so long ago and released now, and some of the songs have, have appeared on other stuff. I don't know what that means, but if it were brand new, it'd be in contention. It's it's a really good record. I like it a lot. If you're a Neil Young fan, p pick it up. Check it out, especially if you like that era of Neil's stuff. It's it's It fits right in that era, and it's it's nice to hear that kind of it's kind of nice to be back in that mindset because you know he's done different stuff lately but this is right in that same pocket that i i really fell in love with when i was listening to neil young in in, in my 20s and uh <laughs> it's just kind of uh just kind of a welcome release for me kind of a welcome add to the shelf sorry about that sound in the background 
Jonko was up on top of the refrigerator and jumped down onto the trash can right next to it, and now he's meowing at stuff. I don't know if you heard that, too. Uh, I got a sweet little boy making lots of noises because he wants attention from his daddy, who is instead giving attention to all of you checkmates right now. So uh, that's, what's, that's what's going on there. Hey, sweet boy. Okay, bye. Uh, that's what having a cat is like. Hey, sweet boy. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> the next new album that I want to talk about is the new one by Metric. Uh, Metric is one of those bands that people are sometimes surprised to hear that I'm into because they're very sort of keyboard-driven and electronic. Uh, not EDM by any stretch of the imagination, but very synth-heavy. Uh, the new album, I... She even says the word in the song that has it in it, uh, the title track, and I'm not 100% sure on how to pronounce it, even as I'm talking to you. Formentera? Formentera? F-O-R-M-E-N-T-E-R-A. To me, that's Formentera, but I feel like she pronounced it differently in the lyrics. Uh, I don't know what that is. I haven't uh, absorbed the lyrics in a meaningful way yet, but I have listened to the music a few times, and it's a really good Metric album. I've been a big fan of everything Metric has done since the Synthetica record, which was, I think, like 2013, something like that, somewhere in that area. And uh, I've just been a fan of everything they've released since, and this is no different. It's a great Metric album that keeps speaking to what I like about Metric. I have absolutely nothing to add to that, other than I love the fact that it starts with a song called Doom Scroller. That just makes all kind of sense in today's uh, world. Uh, I bought the CD version, and even the CD version on the back divides it into side A and side B, and I like that too. I like that they're thinking in terms of sides. And you can kind of tell when you listen to it. There's, there's a little bit of a tonal shift, which that's sort of what I love about vinyl and even cassette, is that sometimes you'll get, like, like Dylan used to do an electric side and an acoustic side, you know? I mean, this isn't quite to that extreme, but I just like that you have to think in, okay, what... What songs belong together in this 18 minutes? You know, like, what's this side? And then what's, you know, does the other side hang together if we do this? And I just like that bands are doing that again. And uh, Metric did it very well on however you pronounce the name of this album. I like it a lot. And if you like that kind of thing, you should check it out. Metric is a really cool band. They've been around for a while now, but they... Uh, have a surprisingly uh, small discography that if you like something they do, you can get into them pretty easy. Uh, highly recommend the Synthetica record. That's my favorite. But uh, this one's kind of kind of moving up the charts. It's, 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 it's nice. I've been enjoying listening to it. So have the cats, actually. They seem to like keyboard-heavy stuff. Uh, that's, uh, I think, I, I read a thing that apparently keyboard and synth tones uh, can really appeal to certain things within a cat's, like, hearing range. And uh, they seem to be attracted to the metric stuff as well. So uh, that, that's nice. The cats and I can enjoy something together. That's good. I like that. There's also a new album by, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead, called uh, 11XI, whatever, colon, Bleed Here Now. That's right, Bleed Here Now, by And You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead. Uh, sort of a post-hardcore band. Uh, this is actually recorded in quadraphonic sound, which is interesting, because there's not a lot of quadraphonic players out there. I don't even have one. But they recorded it with a quadraphonic setup, and it's billed that way on the front cover. That's just sort of interesting. Uh, it's a very long album. It's a good 74, 75 minutes. They used up every part of the CD. They did not think about vinyl. They thought about CD and just crammed as much into it as they could. Uh, and you know, and you will notice by the Trail of Dead has never let me down. I have deeply enjoyed everything that they've released. I keep returning to their stuff for inspiration, uh, musically, and for you know to get my blood all all riled up. Because they, they do heavy stuff, but they also do really interesting acoustic-y stuff. And some of their stuff's really bright and happy-sounding, and then just sort of train wrecks into ugly and in a way that I really love. They do that very, very well. They're kind of the kings of that. And uh, new album is just 74 minutes of that, man. It's all over the place. I mean, don't get me wrong. You spend the first, like, two songs kind of waiting for the album to start. The first track, in fact, is just an intro track. It was actually kind of nice that they did it, because they had this sort of recurring thing of somebody 
like just starting the album with somebody saying or whispering or shouting or whatever the their band name just saying and you will know us by the trail of dead and uh that was just how stuff started with them and that kind of went away for a little bit but on this one the first track is just several people in several different languages saying and you will know us by the trail of dead just touching on a whole bunch of different languages and that's really interesting and then it kind of turns into this orchestral thing and then gets heavy and then gets soft and then gets heavy and then gets soft it's it just chef's kiss it's just so well constructed i'm so happy uh, like i just listened to it going yeah that's that's what i want out of those guys and it's all over the place. It's bananas. It's uh, you get heavy right next to acoustic, right next to heavy, right at, right next to weird and orchestral. And uh, there's synth tones that come in and and float in and out, and just just so well crafted. Just exactly what I want out of Trail of Dead. And uh, I'm I'm uh, oh, oh oh I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's actually out only in pre-release form right now. Uh, it's There's a full wide release coming soon, but I got the pre-release version I ordered through their website because I love that band. And uh, it arrived, and I'm hearing it before a lot of people are going to, and that's exciting too. Uh, when when this thing hits wide release and you can find it places, pick it up, especially if you have any past history with Trail of Dead, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead. Technically speaking, Ellipsis... And you will know us by the Trail of Dead. It's a long name. Starts with an ellipsis, technically. Uh, 11, XI, Bleed Here Now. Uh, their 11th album, therefore, it's 11 in Roman numerals. Bleed Here Now. Uh, I can't tell you what any of the lyrics are yet. I haven't absorbed it that deeply. But just the arrangement of it, ooh, ooh, good. So good. I love these guys. They're weird and they're crazy and they're also, like, very moving. In places, like, every album kind of feels like you're listening to a movie. And I just, I love that about them. They're they're great. They're great. And uh, and You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead. They're great. New album, number 11, Bleed Here Now. Check it out. It's, it's great. You'll have a good time. It's great. Listen to me. It's great. I liked everything that I reviewed this week. Doesn't that feel good? Isn't it good to like stuff? I think it's good to like stuff. Let's move on. Well, I think that's gonna do it, checkmates. It's uh, I didn't quite hit an hour on this, did I? Huh? Interesting. I thought I'd, I'd, I mean, I had a lot to cram into it, and I guess I just crammed it all in. Neat. Uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this week. I appreciate everybody listening. Just so you know, uh, my brother Dave and I, we're going to do another Fab 15 soon. We haven't set a date for it, but we're gonna do that. We want to get back to that. We both really like doing that. A number of things delayed us from doing that. So you got you got this episode and probably another one, maybe two, before you get a Fab 15. But uh, And that all depends on me and <laughs> whether or not I get COVID at the concert that I'm going to. Uh, and if I do get COVID, if I want to work through it or not. Uh, but yeah, you'll, you'll get a, an episode or two before we do a Fab 15, but we're going to do one again because I really like doing that, and Dave seems to really like doing that, and you seem to really like it when we do it. So you'll get more of that here very soon. We're just, uh, we've taken a slight accidental hiatus from that. Much like I took a slight accidental hiatus from the show in general, sorry that that keeps happening. You can't depend on me. Stop depending on me. But uh, uh, I, I, I promise I want to do better. And I'll try to do better. Uh, and I love you? I, I guess I love you. Uh, apparently I love you. Uh, so thanks for your patience and for hanging out and waiting. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things I can tell you just to pad out the time <laughs> a little bit for those of you who like it to be an hour. Um, oh, I'm working on a, new, on a new album. I've alluded to that. I'm working on a new album. It's uh, I've got uh, drums and bass done on all of it so far. Uh, I'm working on guitars now. 
I think it's going to be 11, maybe 12 songs long. Um, I'll tell you, the current working title of the album that I'm probably going to end up using because once I like something, I stick with it. Uh, third Act Problems. Third Act Problems. Derek Brink, Third Act Problems. That's uh, it's going to be a thing, probably in early 2023. Don't take me that long to finish it. But, you know, it's July now, so it's less than half a year. You can wait that long. You've waited this long. You can wait that long. It's going to be good. It's a little bit different for me. A little bit more positive in places. These cats have been good for me. I'm writing positive songs now. Not like, you know, super happy, uh, you know, uh, Partridge family type things, but yeah, happier for me. It's going to be good. Think you'll like it. Third Act Problems. Look for it. You know, listen, look for it in 2023. Listen to this for me to talk more about it, I guess. Uh, that's all I got. I got a booster shot. Got a COVID booster. I think I mentioned that already, actually. But it's important to do, and you should do it too. Uh, I don't know. Appreciate your goodwill going out into the world if, uh, just to, like, keep me from getting COVID at this concert that I'm only half and half on going on, uh, going to now that, like, COVID's resurging. And there's monkeypox out there, too, I guess. I don't, I don't feel like I know enough about monkeypox, but I also feel like I'd get sad if I Googled it. Someone just wants to tell me, like, on a, someone, you know, responsible wants to tell me on a scale of, like, 1 to 10 how concerned I should be about the monkeypox. I'd appreciate that. In the meantime, let me tell you some stuff that you should be concerned about. Uh, as we close out the show, please remember that these things are still out there. COVID is still out there. A lot of people I know are getting COVID again, uh, and still, and some for the first time. It, please take appropriate steps. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask where you can. Be careful. Just be careful, guys. We gotta get through this. We're all tired of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to do this anymore, but come on. Let's just, let's band together and get this thing taken care of, alright? Be mindful of COVID. Apart from that, please remember that black lives matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights. And folks... You know I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And I'm grateful that there are so many of you that I don't have to tell that. But there's a lot of people that still need to be told that. Folks, be good to each other. Be good to yourself. Forgive each other and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Maximum Derek.